Welcome to episode 11 of the Savage Snowflake Podcast and me, Jeff Leach. That's right. I'm back. Daddy's returned from Vegas. I was out there doing some shows over the course of the week at the Comedy Cellar venue. They've got a brand new one on the West Coast now at the Rio Hotel and Casino. More about that coming up. Remember, though, first of all, if you haven't already uh, listened to the previous 10 episodes, check them out on soundcloud.com slash Savage Snowflake Podcast. Alternatively, check them out on iTunes as well. It's up there. And now I've just recently updated all of the different RSS feeds, uh, sorry, the RSS feeds to all the different podcasting websites. So they should be pretty much anywhere you can find it. The only one we're having problems with right now is Spotify because apparently they have a bad relationship with SoundCloud. I don't know, someone at, someone at Spotify had sex with someone at SoundCloud's wife and now they don't do business together, I guess. We're gonna try and rectify that in the coming weeks. Um, but yes, make sure you check out the previous episodes. Give that SoundCloud account a little bit of a follow. Alternatively, do that on the iTunes or your podcasting apps. And make sure you leave some likes and comments, etc., and some feedback for the podcast. I like to hear from you guys. I want to know what you're thinking. So far, the feedback on social media has been really good. I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast and enjoying my thoughts, my deliberations, my intrepid, adventurous schemings that come to my brain box on a daily basis that I put on this podcast for you guys. Uh, and finally, if you do want to show a little bit of support for the podcast, do me a favor, head to patreon.com slash Jeff Leach. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jeff Leach. And there's so many different tiers there. I'm going to update those soon to include various different uh, perks and tiers for specifically the Savage Snowflake podcast supporters. Um, we've got some merch that's going to be coming out as well in the next couple of weeks, some brand new designs on t-shirts. I'll let you know when those are up and live. And beyond that, I think that's all the plugs so far. That's it. Right, let's talk Vegas. Vegas. Viva No wonder Elvis made a song up about Vegas. No wonder <laughs> No wonder so many like fat lunatic celebrities end up in Vegas because it is a place of utter madness, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, first of all, no one no one really leaves there a winner. Even if you've won money, which, mm, suffice to say, I did not. Uh, I was down about $300 by the end of it. Even if you leave there a financial winner, there's some part of your soul that you're leaving behind. It's just, it feels like, I don't know, I love the shows. Let me first off by saying thank you to everyone who came to all of those live shows at the Rio Hotel and Casino because you guys were amazing audiences. I did have to um, to respond to a huge amount of really positive feedback. And I, it was kind of exciting for me to have so many people reach out, say how much they enjoyed the shows, show a bit of love and support on the social media and stuff. So thank you guys. Um, but, but I still kind of fucking hate Vegas, if I'm honest. It's just, I mean, like the strip is so demoralizing. I, I got up to do an, <laughs> like my favorite moment was getting up at 7 a.m. to go and do um, a TV interview with the CW network. They have a thing called Wake Up with CW. And it's a chat show, and it's wonderful, and it's hosted by a couple of very charming hosts and hostesses who um, were very, very delightful to us. And I went up there and was the comedian guest, made some jokes, manhandled a man's thigh live on there, uh, mounted him during the next segment, and hopefully made a lot of people in Vegas watching their morning news laugh their ass off. And a lot of those people came to the shows and then passed on that good feedback as well. So it was, it was a good time. But 
as I was getting up at 7 a.m. in the morning, I walked through the casino. Now, no one should be awake at 7 a.m. in a casino unless you are so bleary and red-eyed because you were dragging yourself home from an all-night clubbing session or doing a walk of shame from, you know, a young lady's hotel room, perhaps, or a young gentleman's jacuzzi, whatever it you're into. You should be doing that at 7 in the morning, not being up and ready in full makeup and a three-piece suit going out to sweltering heat to go and make people laugh on TV. Nevertheless, as I say, as I was walking through the lobby of the Rio Hotel, I saw a woman, clearly a bride-to-be, staggering with her shoes off in her hand, a gigantic two-foot drink with a plastic straw sticking out the top of it, sucking on this fucking purple drink, wherever the fuck that was she was drinking, guaranteed 90% sugar, um, and she was and she was crying her eyes out, just, just, just makeup strewn down her face. I was like, are you okay? Uh, are, you, are you okay? And she was like, oh, God, leave me alone. And then just wandered off. And then sat down at one of the uh, one-armed bandits and started to gamble. And I was like, that, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's Vegas. Where, Vegas, Las Vegas, where dreams are made to be broken. That's what their tagline should be. At least be honest with it, Vegas. Like, sure. Sure, there's there's a load of great shows to see there. Sure, there's some great restaurants. Sure, there's, you know, interesting, slightly gross, out-of-date, mostly weird architecture. But it's ultimately a place where people come to have the best time of their lives and end up always leaving, hungover, on a come-down, broke, miserable, questioning their life decisions, tired emotionally unstable like this it's not a good time it's not a good time i'm sorry yo if you love going to vegas you're fucked in the head now here's the deal if you're incredibly wealthy well that's a different experience absolutely like if you're wealthy to fuck like if you know you can go out there and go hey guess what i'm gonna spend ten thousand dollars and it's all gonna be spent on a party fuck yeah man Fuck yeah, baby. That's the way to do it. There was one thing I did love, though. Um, apart from seeing that, you know, immensely awful, god-awful woman. I mean, God bless whoever's marrying her because she was an utter, utter bitch. But despite seeing her, I also really, 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 really enjoyed, and uh, get ready for it, ladies and gentlemen, shock horror. I enjoyed shooting guns a lot. I went to a, a shooting range called the Machine Gun Experience. The Las Vegas. Welcome to the Las Vegas Machine Gun Experience. Anyway, it was pretty fucking sick. Um, I, I, as a lot of you know, I'm a gamer. I'm an avid gamer. I love playing uh, particularly a game called Player Unknown Battlegrounds, PUBG for short, if you're down with the kids. Hello, fellow children. What, what a guaning. Have you played the old PUBGers lately? Now, as a man who loves to play a first-person shooter game, it's a Battle Royale first-person shooter game called PUBG, I was very intrigued to try and shoot some of the guns. By the way, if you hear weird beeping and rumbling noises in the background, it's because the apartment complex next door, they're ripping the entire side of the building off and doing shit to it. I don't even know what the fuck they're doing. I went over there and I asked the guys a week and a half ago, hey, guys, um, I record a lot of voiceover work from my home studio and you know I, I do a lot of broadcasts and stuff like that I was just wondering I understand you can't you know speed up your work of course and it's going to take however long it takes but did you have a rough estimate for how long the noise would be up and they were like 
yeah, man, it's going to be uh, maybe like two or three days. That was a week and a half ago. Not only did they, whatever work they did, they fucked up. Because I walked past the building today, and where they were doing minor repairs, there's now a truck and a generator, and they're digging the side of the fucking building off. And re I don't know what they did. So, anyway, I apologize for the fucking beeping. It's just, maybe you wouldn't even notice it. What, by, 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 by the by, once I've done the, um, you know, the post-production work on this audio, you'll probably never be able to tell. But for me... For me, guys, I want to know why, why, I want you to understand why I am so inherently fucking frustrated throughout this entire podcast today. Fine, we've dealt with it. Vegas. Vegas, baby. I went to a gun range. I went to the machine gun experience. All the guys behind the counter were <laughs> polite but intriguing. First of all, well, as soon as I mentioned that I live in California, they were all like, ah, fuck California, I'm so sorry for you. Oh, God, the gun laws out there. Oh, God. Oh, they limit you to a fucking 10-round uh, 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 clip. Uh, uh, just, uh, fucking Second Amendment. Woo, woo, come on. Uh, America, America. It was, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of anti-liberal outlook. There was a lot of uh, pro-Trumpism thoughts I could see. The guy who was instructing me was a very charming gentleman. He was lovely. He had a smile from ear to ear. Everything about him was professional, friendly, courteous. However, I gotta say, for a man who had a gun on his waist and was teaching me how to operate weapons safely, his smile and his eyes, his eyes was... Have you ever met a person and they're being nice, they're being cool, they're being lovely. Like you, For all intents and purposes, they just seem like a decent individual. But... When they smile, their smile is like, hi, hi, hi. It's like really, mm, it's all teeth. And their eyes are always a bit wide. Like, hey, hi. It's like, you know what it normally makes me think of? It's like a, like a, like a, a kind of customer service agent, male or female, who's just very much like, oh, hi. Hi there. How can I help you today? Hi. Now, what they're doing is being very, very helpful. Thank you. I would love to be helped today. But in their eyes, you can see behind the, hi. Hi, how can I help you today? Hi, can I, sir, can I help you? Sir, you, madam, you seem like you need some help. I'm here to help you. What can I do for you? Everything is said with a smile. Look at my teeth, white, white, whitey teeth. Look at my eyes, oh so white. I'm ready to bring you help. What can I do for you? Oh, I just love America. All I want to do is shoot you if you ever say a thing about me. Oh, I'm sorry, hi, did I say that out? I was just, just singing some tunes, I'm sorry. How can I help you? Can I help you? Can I? If you can be helped, can I end you? Can I end you? Can I end you? Look at my smile. Look at my smile. Look at the joy in my eyes. My eyes are wide. That's what people do when they're happy. Do you know that when chimpanzees are terribly frightened, they smile? Did you know that? Did you know their eyes get wide? I'm happy. What can I do for you? Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Now listen, I can't prove any of this. I can't prove that's what he was thinking. I'm just saying, he had the wide eyes and ear-to-ear -ear grin of a fucking lunatic. Anyway, he was a nice guy. <laughs> Let's stick with that. I don't want to get fucking shot up by him. He was a cool guy. He taught me some good things. He was very, very thorough in his instruction. I got to shoot a 9mm Glock, I got to shoot a SCAR-17, I got to shoot a pump-action shotgun, I got to shoot a, an M4, I got to shoot a sniper with an AX on it. It was fucking dope. And I gotta say, guys, 
I got pretty good at the old shooting. My targets were hit where they were meant to be hit. I got my first pop with a SCAR 17, which is a big gun. That, the, the kickback on that is pretty solid. The sound is pretty fucking solid. And my first shot, he was like, just aim for the heart on the, uh, on the skeleton target. See if you can hit the heart. And my first shot, boom, heart shot. Now listen, what, what does this mean? What does this mean for me as, uh, you know, as a liberal guy who's always been reasonably um, pro-gun control? I'm, I really think there should be tighter laws surrounding gun ownership. I also don't think that everyone in America needs to own a gun. I wish they had the same gun laws that, you know, UK and lots of, uh, you know, European and uh, countries have, and Australia has now, for instance, etc. That would make more sense and probably result in, you know, tens of thousands of less deaths a year in this country. But I gotta be honest, I pretty much like shooting the gun guns. Here's how I look at it, right? First of all, if you do it in a safe, registered uh, licensed environment, like a gun range, why not? You should be allowed to shoot wherever the fuck you want, as long as there's, like, paid professionals keeping an eye on you, and those guns stay there at the end of it. I've had a great time. I really enjoyed it. I feel like it's something I would love to do regularly. Um, the other part of me, which is the, uh, you know, sort of the more left-wing democratic part of me, is, like, still no one needs to own this shit like you don't need an automatic rifle now that i've shot an m4 and a scar no one no one needs no one needs and like an ar-15 sitting at home you don't need that you don't need it unless you are going to be engaged in some kind of conflict bro that's like that's like that's like this is it this is like how i feel when i watch Internet pornography, where women are using certain toys, okay? Here's the deal. If you've got a vibrator, maybe a little vibrator, that you just pop on the old clitoris when you're playing with yourself, and that's your jam, of course, carry that around your purse. Have it in your pocket at all times. I think that's a wonderful thing to have. Why not have a source of relief at any time? Ladies, if you want a, a rampant rabbit, if you want to have something that stimulates the clit and acts as a dildo inside of you at the same time, of course, do that shit. There's times that a man's not going to be able to fulfill you. Maybe you don't even want a man. You just want to be able to fulfill yourself. Absolutely, do it. Hey, guess what? You want to get a butt plug as well. Maybe you want to get a vibrating plug. Do it. That's okay. These are the equivalent of like a nine millimeter pistol or maybe a, maybe a, you know, a hunting rifle. But if you hit up the website that has the, you know, the three foot girthy dragon dick, hey, I just bought a, and that's what she would sound like. Hey, I just bought a three-foot dragon dick. It has a, an, an attachment that goes in your ass and sets off electrodes. It has a, another attachment that, that vibrates your clit with such ferocity you'll take off the three top layers of skin. And it's three-foot big, veiny, girthy, and it shoots a saline solution, six pints of it, directly into your vagina. Guess what? Maybe, maybe you shouldn't be allowed to fuck. <laughs> maybe you should be finding some kind of other stimulation in your life if that's what it takes to get you off and if that's the kind of toy you want to commit yourself to at home and that's exactly the same with guns i'm like yo you want a nine millimeter pistol in your in your house at home locked safely away for to protect your home i can see i can see how in this day and age with so many people owning guns why that might be an option hey you live out 
in the, the greener parts of America and you want a hunting rifle because you go out and deer season when there's an overpopulation, you shoot some deer, you bring it back, you get it skinned at the bar butcher or you do it yourself and then you eat that meat? Fuck yes. Absolutely, you should be allowed to own that gun. Hey, you got a shotgun and you go pigeon shooting or clay pigeon shooting and that's the thing you have and you have it locked away safely? Yes. Five shots and a shotty. Boom, you can do damage with that, but at least it's, you know, it's five shots. An AR or an M4 or a SCAR, bro. With auto fire or burst fire. Nah. You do not need one of those guns. They are fun as fuck to shoot. But they should not be in the hands of civilians. Absolutely not. And I'm going to stand by that shit. I'm not refusing you the right to own a gun. I'm refusing you the right to own a fucking war weapon. That's the difference. A weapon of war. The package I did was the uh, a mixture between the SWAT and the Special Ops package. So I was using guns that SWAT teams and Special Ops use. Guess what? They don't go out hunting. You were not like, hey guys, uh, we go, we're gonna go and uh, gonna go shoot some uh, pigeons today. Well, we better bring uh, Terry. But uh, I mean, Terry's a, he's he's a you know he's a <laughs> he's a a marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, I mean, we're shooting pigeons. Yeah, but we're just you know it's a bit of fun. We're just we're not being compared. Yeah, but we should bring Terry because you never know what those pigeons are planning. What? Yeah, I mean, like they might they might gang up. They could be a, they could get a swarm of pigeons together. And what have you not seen Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds? What if that happens to us? We need Terry. Terry turns up, fucking blasts everything full of the wrong kind of bullet. You can't even eat the pigeons because there's nothing left of them because he obliterated it with a 50 cal fucking bullet. Nah, bro. You don't, no one needs those guns at home. It was interesting though. It was interesting having that conflict of enjoying doing something so much to the point where I would like to do it regularly. And I will do it regularly now. I'm going to go to gun ranges here in LA now in California. However... It was also the realization, once you've shot one of those guns, you understand the terrifying power it possesses and the purpose of a gun like that. The purpose of a gun like that is not recreational fun times. It can be used as that as well, but that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of a gun like that is to fucking maim, kill, and slaughter multiple enemies. And I got to say, man, whilst it was fun to shoot, it just fucking terrified me a bit more about this country. I'm in a weird place right now. I'm going to be honest with you because I still consider myself left wing and liberal. You know, we know this just to the center of the of the the political spectrum. I also share some very few, but some of the more conservative outlooks in certain areas. Yes, I do think there needs to be some tightening of of, you know, lapse um immigration do i think children should be locked in cages on the fucking border no do i think people should be separated from their children no do i think people who've been living in a country for many years legally should be deported out no do i think people who are looking for political um safety from a country that is war-torn should be turned away no do i think people should be vetted a little closer yes do i think people who are trying to enter the country illegally should be returned to their countries yes those are different things but anyway my point being whilst i share a small number of the conservative values whilst i predominantly align myself with the liberal left-wing um, side of the political spectrum 
I also am living right now in the mindset of a man who is worried about some kind of civil conflict in this country. Like, you, all you had to do was go into that gun range and hear me go, well, man, I'm from California. See the immediate. Oh, well, man, I'm talking about that. Little fucking liberal, man. You can't do nothing over there. now. you can't shoot none of them. Ten die crib. No, fucking damn. America, hey, I'd like to see them try to take my guns. Blah, blah, blah. The fucking lunacy that rolls off the tongue. And guess what? Yo, if you're a liberal listening to this podcast, if you're a fucking hipster, if, God forbid, you're one of those overt, fanatical, liberal, SJW, overt, PC pieces of shit that I also fucking hate from my own camp, and you're listening to going, um, we don't need those things. We don't need guns, and we should remove guns from everyone. Guess what, motherfuckers? You're going to be the first to die. I'm just telling you. I have seen, <laughs> I've witnessed firsthand the... Inherent lunacy of gun-toting right-wingers. And you know what? When I get myself a fucking home in the state of California, you best believe, you best believe I'm going to have a safe with a Glock in it, a hunting rifle, and maybe a shotgun. You best believe that I'm going to have those three items. And I'll explain for why, ladies and gentlemen, because... I am a lover of fantasy graphic novels. I am a lover of science fiction. I'm also a lover of video games, first-person shooters, zombie apocalypse. Now, whilst I don't necessarily think it is um, going to happen in the next few months, I am very, very concerned about the destabilization of this country, in particular, America. And I'm very, very worried about the way it is being, in my particular opinion, orchestrated by people who want to see us fucking separated and divided and hating each other. That's what I think is happening. That's what I think is going on. I think people genuinely, uh, outside influences, I'll get onto that. In fact, I'm gonna fucking outline something in a moment. In fact, I should just do that right now. Here, let me, let me read something to you, ladies and gentlemen. Let me read something to you um, that I think might interest you. But my, my, my sort of overarching point is, I've hit a point now where I'm like, all right, Yo, I know that when that fucking civil unrest, if that happens, I want to be able to protect me and mine. I want to be able to sit in my home with myself or my friends, or if I have one right then, a girlfriend or a wife, a child. If I have those things in my fucking home, those entities, those people that I care about, and there's some civil unrest, you best fucking believe I'm boarding the door up. I'm going to have tin food in a fucking closet and I'm going to be sitting there with a Glock on the countertop in case someone tries to kick down my door. You best fucking believe I will protect my own. And that's unfortunately what it's got to now. I think this country is too far gone to really come back from that. Uh, and, I, and I think the ones who will be least prepared for something like that will be liberals. Not the overt liberals. You, best, you fucking understand the fanatics on the left side. They've already got guns. Of course they have. Here, check this out, right? This is something that I posted the other day. It's a retweet, right? And it's about, it, I found it incredibly interesting. I've started to read a bit more of the actual full book and I, and I encourage you guys to do so too. Let me just find the uh, this particular bit. Here we go. So there is a book right now, ladies and gentlemen. There's a book. It's not right now. It's been out for quite a while. It's called The Foundations of Geopolitics, The Geopolitical Future of Russia, right? Now it's a book by Alexandra Dugin or Dugin. Alexander, Alexandre Dugin. And the book uh, has been used by the Russian military 
the police, the foreign policy elites. Um, and it was, uh, this is allegedly, it was a textbook in the General Staff Academy of Russian military. Now, this philosophical, geopolitical, future planning thesis has been applied to a huge amount of Russian military and secret service approaches for the last 60 years or 50 years is that when it came out 50 years ago i believe let me let me just let me just outline what this shit says okay let me just pick cho a, a choice for you parts that i'm going to read to you now and i encourage you to read more of it because it will, it will make you laugh and cry simultaneously whether you're right wing left wing libertarian it doesn't matter or apathetic to politics it will make you laugh how how much of a fucking puppet show we are all part of right now. Let me just read this shit out to you. You ready? Okay, here we go. The book declares that the battle for the world rule of Russians has not ended, and Russia remains the staging area of a new anti-bourgeoisie, anti-American revolution. The Eurasian Empire will be constructed on the fundamental principle of the common enemy, the rejection of Atlanticism, strategic control of the USA, and the refusal to allow liberal values to dominate the Russian people. Now, these are parts from the book now. Are you ready? Military operations play relatively little role. We don't need, we don't need guns. We don't need the military. We don't need bombers. We don't need nukes. We don't need any of that shit. That's what you're saying. The textbook believes in a sophisticated program of subversion, destabilization, and disinformation spearheaded by the Russian special services. Now, given what's going on right now in politics in America and the investigation into collusion with Russian entities in the, in the, the most recent political election here, think about that. Keep that in the back of your head when, you, when I read this out. The first facet of this destabilization um, and subversion techniques in this book is this the united kingdom must be cut off from europe check the ukraine should be annexed by russia because in their words ukraine as a state has no geopolitical meaning no political cultural political uh, sorry particular cultural import or universal significance no geographic uniqueness no ethnic exclusive exclusiveness its certain territorial ambitions represents an enormous danger for all of the eurasian empire and without resolving the ukrainian problem it is in general senseless oh sorry it is in general senseless to speak about con uh, continental politics so they needed to take ukraine check to be able to push forward with the rest of the plans. And here's what they plan to do in the United States. Bear in mind, this is over the last few decades, and you're seeing it come to fruition, my friends. I don't want to be a fucking, you know, this is not a uh, conspiracy theory. This is a fact of objective viewpoint of what's happening in this country and also in Britain based on this theory. Let's apply it to this theory. Here you go. In the United States, Russia should use its special services within the borders of the United States to fuel instability and separatism. For instance, provoke Afro-American racists. Russia should introduce geopolitical disorder into internal American activity, encouraging all kinds of separatism and ethnic, social, and racial conflicts, actively supporting all dissident movements, extremist, racist, and sectarian groups, thus destabilizing internal political processes in the US. It would also make sense simultaneously to support isolationist tendencies in American politics. Yeah. 
They should just rename the book What's Happening in America and Europe right now. Hey, 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 it's me, Alexander. And I got a book. It's called Here's What's Going On in America. I did that. <laughs> it's so fucking on the money. You've got to be blind not to see that so much of what is happening within America, American politics, social media, and a kind of a, a, an underlying, an underlying constant niggling feeling that you're being fed misinformation, little bits and bobs that are aligned to help out a foreign power, maybe one that's interested in getting the Eurasian Empire back on its feet, dominating the globe, refusing and rejecting the Western world and the liberal ideology of that Western world. The democratic understanding of that Western world. Is it any surprise that we are in the state we are in right now? It's fucking nuts. How can people not be more fucking upset about this or more blown away? And I'll tell you why, because they don't know. They're not educated to it. I wouldn't have been educated to this book had it not come up in, you know, a, a friend's feed on a social media app. And then I decided to do a bit of digging and check on how much of the, uh, the post that was put on that, uh, on that feed was real. And then did a little bit of research and a bit of reading. Then found the original text, found the passages, saw if that was exactly what it said. And yes, it fucking does. And there is more in there that is so terrifying. My friends, fuck me. So you know what? I'm going to be going to the gun range every week from now. Because <laughs> I want to know how to fucking shoot a gun. Because I am terrified that the instability in this country is going to get to a point where there will be civil conflict. It happened once before. Why wouldn't it happen again? There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a concept in this country, which is the ideology of America's number one. Get out of the country if you don't like it. Hey, if you don't agree with our values, you get the fuck out. Blah, blah, blah. There's no open discourse for, well, of course, I'm proud to be in this country. Of course, I'm going to pay my taxes and donate some of my earnings to the betterment of this country. Of course, I'm interested in the education and the healthcare um, progression for this country and for all people living in it. Of course, I want to be a contributing, decent member of this society. But part of that is questioning everything. Questioning every part of the political spectrum, whether it be left-wing, right-wing, centrist, whatever, and who that benefits. And if it doesn't benefit the people, then who is it benefiting? Nothing is benefiting the people right now. It's fucking terrifying, guys. I don't know. So yeah, I'm going to be practicing my guns because uh, you know what? I reckon we're all going to be dead in about three years. Anyway, in more positive news... <laughs> This is the problem, though, as well, like the, the, the dark hole, that dark hole of social media. The only thing Donald Trump says that I agree with is the phrase fake news. Unfortunately, the fake news is spread everywhere now. It's, 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 it's all outlets. All outlets are just um, putting out very subjective, not remotely impartial journalism. 
And people are also sharing information from what can only be described as fucking idiots with an incredibly, an incredibly one-sided skewed outlook on the world on shitty dog shit websites, podcasts, absolutely, uh, video cars, YouTube channels, etc., etc., etc. And if you only get your news from one source, guess what? It's going to be skewed that way too. You won't see the truth for what it is. You gotta fact check, man. You gotta fact check. I do it too. Listen. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Listen. Young lady, you're listening to the podcast right now. You're a woman and you're listening to my podcast. You go on a date with a guy. It goes well. You vibe. You're sexually attracted to him. He invites you back to his apartment. You wanna go. You go. You feel safe. You walk inside. It's all good. You get down to business. You start kissing, start touching. You undress each other. You get aroused, he gets aroused, he takes his cock and he goes to slide it inside of you and you say, quite rightly, oh, whoa, 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 we should use protection. And he says, no, no, baby, it's all right. I just got a test. I'm all good. I know I'm clean. It's all good. Do you just let him fuck you? I mean, here's the problem. Some of you right now, I know. (laughs) I know that some of you right now are going, well, yeah, I guess I do. I think I trust him. I think if I am a good judge of character. No, lady, keep your clam on shutdown. Because guess what? You can't fucking be sure of anything. Make that guy go get a checkup. Well, you just had a checkup. Where's the fucking text message? Where's the results of your test? Where's the paperwork? Show me. Show me that you haven't got fucking AIDS. Show me. Un- fucking believable you wouldn't do that so why would you just take news political news shit about the running of your country the fucking betterment of you and your fellow people why would you take that shit from a blog called fucking my opinion.com you know what i mean <laughs> come on it's the same it's the same men you're gonna fuck a chick and she's gonna go hey because it's all right i'm on birth control really let me feel it. Where's the I- IUD? Let me feel it. Can I, can I, have you got one of those things in your arm? Can I see it? The little injection? Is it there? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're good. We're good, babe. Yeah. Guess what? I might just keep using protection until I'm 100% certain that you're not a fucking nut job. I don't want an unweighted one onesie, baby. That's why, that's, that's why we're overpopulated this country because you guys make those fucking decisions as lightly as you do take your news. <laughs> you, you treat politics and use the same way that you treat fucking baby making and trying to avoid STDs. And that's why there's giant billboards everywhere throughout Los Angeles saying syphilis kills. Because guess what? You're making the wrong decision, people. I'm fucking terrified for all of us. I'm terrified for all of us. Oh, man. The dark hole of social media. One of the other comics up in Vegas was locked in to all this stuff. Locked into the news. Locked into what's going on. Watching video after video after video of terrible news. Of bad shit happening. It was all really getting him down. Really getting to him. I was like, brother, you know what you need to do? You need to not pick up your fucking phone for a minute. You need to remove yourself from the social media apps. Do yourself a favor, sir. And stop looking at it. Give yourself 24 hours to not look at it. Because you're going to go fucking mental. And he was like, maybe you're right, maybe you're right. I'm like, not maybe I'm right. Look at you. You're angry. You're sad. You're, you should be incensed by bad behavior by your, you know, your, your, your government officials. But dude, if you can't pull yourself out of that long enough to feel fucking 
positive about any facet of life, bro, stop looking at it. Stop looking at it. It's, it's, time, to, it's time to stop. It's like we, we're given also on the flip side, even with the positivity, we're given the most falsified set of, 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 of experiences. I look at Instagram. Look, I'll go on Instagram right now. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to, I'm going to put this to the test. <clears throat> I'm on Instagram right now. Let's see what's going on. I've got a, 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 a bot that kind of follows and unfollows people to try and build up your numbers. So right now, there's a whole spectrum of people that I follow on Instagram, some of which I haven't selected. They're just people that use the hashtag comedy or something like that, and it happened to follow them. Um, so I'm looking at their posts. I'm seeing like inspirational shit. I'm seeing inspirational quotes. I'm seeing lots of photos of people on holidays. I'm seeing a girl in a bikini uh, by a pool saying uh, advertising some amazing skin cream i'm seeing uh a girl uh taking photos of her dinner i'm seeing holiday photos i'm seeing sunsets i'm seeing a girl in a gym i'm seeing a guy in a gym i'm seeing someone eating ice cream and smiling i'm seeing someone sharing uh, a group photo of them on holiday in mykonos i'm seeing a couple of guys on a night out holding a bottle of champagne this is what i'm watching all of this builds into your psyche, your fucking mental space, everything's good all the time. If, if your life is not happy and a party and good and positive and upbeat and uplifting and positive and it's happy and it's positive 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 then you are a piece of shit. Hate yourself, you're not doing well enough. Hate yourself for not achieving what everyone else is achieving. It's so unrealistic and unobtainable. Guess what? This morning, I had a big fucking argument with a girl I like. And it sucked dick. But that doesn't mean that a week ago, we weren't getting a suntan together, having a really nice meal by a pool. That's life, man. That's life. Ups and downs. Balance. To only share the positive means that we, that we get caught up in it and we think that our life doesn't match up, that it's not good enough. Well, guess what? Your life is good enough. You're listening to my podcast. That's probably the most positive, <laughs> most positive thing you can do with your time. Look at how productive you are. You expand your mind, your thoughts, your opinions. You're laughing a little bit. You're thinking a little bit. That's all you need. You know, there's guys out there right now rebuilding the fucking building next door as loudly as possible dicks but you know what that building's gonna look amazing afterwards but those guys they're working hard they're sweating it's hot as balls out there right now they could probably do with a break but they can't because they gotta get the fucker finished it's like we've got to look at both sides of the coin and we've got to understand that there is a balance and a midpoint and the further we move away from that the further humanity will be lost don't get lost down the dark hole of social media. And by that, I mean either insanely positive or insanely negative. Because again, that is not a fair reflection of the world. Oh my God, the world's so shit right now. Everything's going wrong. Nah, it's not. There's a lot going right right now. Oh my God, everything's falling apart. Nah, there's a lot being built right now. But also, oh my God, I just, if, I, if I'm not positive all the time, then I'm like fake. No, you're not. It's okay. That fucking chick with the perfect booty is using an app to make her skin look softer. She's using another app to make her waist cinched in a little bit. She's using Photoshop to make her thighs and her booty look delicious and curvy for the guys who are 
pumping likes into it. And guess what? Those guys who are liking that girl are going home to a girl who's probably just as fucking beautiful. They just don't even learn how to appreciate it. There's just so much bullshit. I don't know. Let's try something a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more lighthearted. This one's, this one's been a bit, <clears throat> a bit heavy. But I think sometimes you need to be heavy. There we go. This is the real conversations we need. In our lives to keep ourselves balanced. And from becoming absolute fucking lunatics. Here's something funny. And also fucking ridiculous. Here's something I can't believe people in the world do. Extreme embalming. Extreme embalming. You're thinking, hey, what could that be, Jeff? Oh, when, when, when we embalm something, um, you know, we can preserve it for a little longer. Uh, the ancient Egyptians used to do embalming. Uh, I guess there's also taxidermy. That's a kind of an embalming process, maybe. But what's extreme embalming? I'll tell you, guys. Extreme embalming is when you take one of your loved ones. Yes, that's right. A human who you love, who has died, and you have them embalmed, and then you have them positioned and posed at their funeral like a fucking puppet. Wait, 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 hang on, sorry. Sorry, Jeff, I don't know if I heard that correctly. I thought, <laughs> I thought you said that rather have, you know, the person laying down in a coffin or, or even in a coffin set up or, you know, potentially cremated or etc. or buried in the ground that you would, you would have them in a, a jovial position that recreates what they love to do. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like a puppet, like a fucking marionette puppet. I saw this guy and at his funeral... They had rented out a funeral hall where they allow extreme embalming. He was sat in the center of the funeral hall where people could pay their respects. He was sat upright in a gaming chair holding a controller with a bag of Doritos open next to him because that was his favorite snack and some Mountain Dew because that was his favorite drink. He had sunglasses on. They put his face into a smile and they had a TV in front of him where the games console was plugged in because he loved playing games. He was a 20-something-year-old kid who loved playing video games and eating Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew. And they positioned him in this bit and there was red velvet roping around him so you could walk around him like a fucking art installation. Like a Madame Two Swords mannequin. It was like a wax figure of death. Literal death. This is a thing people are doing. This is a thing that people who apparently are sane are doing with their dead relatives. And it's becoming popular. Bro! Stop it. Leave it alone. That They're dead. If you didn't like the motherfucker, just make fun of him while he's still alive. Don't fucking... Don't dress him up like a puppet for your amusement after death. Oh, my God. How does that help the grieving process? You're, you're, you're trying to protect... What are you going to do? Just take him home. Just fucking take him home. Get him taxidermy. Go the full hog. All right, sure, the skin's a bit more leathery than it used to be, but, I mean, by God, doesn't he play that Xbox well? I mean, we really don't have to spend much on Doritos and Mountain Dew. He's been eating that same bag for seven years now. Because he's dead. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't understand what's going on with the world. We're fucking crazy. There's so many crazy people out there. It was so hilarious, guys. You've got to find it. Extreme embalming. Google it. Look at what they're doing. It's fucking mental. Now, hang on a second, though. Because now I'm going... 
against what some of my beliefs are, which my belief is that, yeah, sure, we have a soul, we have some kind of power energy inside of us. And I don't think that the mortal coils ending necessarily means the ending of that spirit, that energy. Now, I'm not saying I believe in a God. I'm not saying I believe in a religion. What I do believe in is a sense of spirituality, a connection between all human beings that is prevalent when we put people together, when we discuss and talk with one another, when we share energies of a positive nature. All of that, I'm 100% on board with. If we put all of our energies together into decent, morally and ethically progressive fucking ideologies, by now we'd be exploring the cosmos and seeing what else is out there. Who knows? We might have some more of the answers that we seek. However, when I die, which I will, that's the only certainty we have in this life, is that we're all born and we're all going to die. When I die, am I saying that I wouldn't like myself extreme embalmed with a couple of incredibly attractive 25-year-old <laughs> hookers or strippers who also happened to die that same day. Their final wish, because, you know, by that point, obviously by the time I'm dead, I'm going to be a hugely successful, hugely successful film and television actor, nationally touring, internationally renowned stand-up comedian. So, hey, you know, Coco and Anna were huge fans of mine. They loved what I did. And they already told their families that when they go, which happened to be on the tour bus, the two of them were involved in a horrendous crash. Rest in peace. Amen. They really wanted to appear alongside me. <laughs> me in an extreme embalming freeze, as it's called. A tableau. I want to be, I want mine to be like a David LaChapelle if you don't know who that is, he's a photographer, incredibly stylized photographer. A David LaChapelle tableau. And it would be me, shirtless, in a pair of Speedos, in that pose, that iconic pose of, um, you know, Magnum P.I., Tom Selleck, laying on his side, hairy chest. My tattoos will be out. My gun will be flexed. In fact, I'm going to ask them to put a little silicon gel in there just to pump up the bicep somewhat. I'm going to be laying on my side. I'm going to have Coco is going to be strewn across my back, massaging my shoulders in a sensual pose. Her legs akimbo, her bubble butt popped with perfection. Anna, she's half Japanese, half Swedish. She looks the part. She's wearing a string bikini. The thong is being eaten by her butthole. And she's licking whipped cream off the inside of my extremely embalmed thigh the three of us in a celebration of sensuality raw animalistic beauty and of course a good dollop of humor do i want that to happen sure <laughs> i mean i don't know how my grandkids are going to feel about it but you know fuck them granddad did his time whatever you're going to be millionaires thanks to me you're welcome you're welcome grandkids now look at Puppy get some cream licked off his thigh by a hot Asian Swedish <laughs> stripper. <laughs> look at the bubble butt whore massaging my shoulders. Papa got flexed right now. I'm flexing on my grandkids beyond the grave. Am I saying that I wouldn't like that to happen? No. Am I saying that I think it's fucking mental that people are doing it right now? Yeah. Where does it end?
Where does it end? Fuck it. Where does it end? We could go the next level. If I got the money, you know I'm hitting up the Jim Henson Corporation. And I'm saying, yo, can you get me... Can you... Once I'm embalmed, what's the possibility you could get me to be animatronic? <laughs> like, I want my funeral to be this. I am standing upright. Fuck it. In fact, get rid of... Look, the... The prostitutes, the whores, the strippers, they're all beautiful. We can keep them in. If they want to be involved, that's their, that's their bank. They've got to put that in their will. This is what I want. I want my funeral to be this. <clears throat> People get to come in one by one into a room. And in the room, I appear to be standing in front of a microphone. But a, like my head bowed like I'm asleep. And when you walk in, you hear a pre... We'll pre-record we'll pre the VO. Obviously, I can do it from here, from my studio. We pre-record the VO, the voiceover. But I'm, I appear to be sleeping, standing upright, holding the microphone. So you hear like... <sighs> as you come in, and you're freaked out. You're like, what the fuck? I thought Jeff was dead. What the fuck is going on? Is this... Is this... Is he pulling... Is he pulling an Andy... What's it called? You know, Man on the Moon. Andy... Oh, my God. Oh my god, it's gonna drive me insane if I can't fucking remember what his name is. Andy, Andy, I'm trying to Google as fast as I can. Andy, Andy, man on the moon, man on the moon. Andy Kaufman! Is he trying to pull an Andy Kaufman on me? That we don't know if he's alive or dead. Is that what he's doing? This motherfucker, I can't believe it. I bought a new suit for this funeral. That fucking asshole. Look at him, pretending to be asleep behind a microphone. Oh, well done, Jeff. And they walk in, they're like, oh, very funny, Jeff. And then all of a sudden, a little hat. There's no, it's a little hat in front of me and a little sign. It says, tip for lols, tip for joy. And they're like, yeah, very funny, Jeff. Very funny. I thought you were dead, you fucking arsehole. And I, I'm not responding. I'm just, <sighs> my head moving very slightly up and down, very slightly. Animatronics, animatronics. They put a fucking dollar bill or who knows? I might have rich friends, hundred dollar bill. And it goes into the hat. Soon as that drops, someone presses a button, boop, and the animatronic show starts. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, hey, great to be here. How you doing? Jesus, whoa. Cheer up. Looks like someone died in here. <laughs> hey, whoa. And then I do a whole fucking one hour. <laughs> a one hour. No, fuck them. Fuck them. They should have come and seen that. They should have seen the specials. I'll do a 10 minute. Tight 10. Tight 10 minute set for them. And at the end of the set, hopefully they laugh. And then at the end of the set, I go back to back down and they have to leave and that's it. That's my funeral. You get to celebrate laughter for 10 minutes courtesy of moi. You're welcome. You're welcome, motherfucker. And that's my funeral. I feel like that would be dope. I don't know about you guys. I feel like that, that could be the best thing. I'm just saying if you're going to go to the lengths of extreme embalming, at least get your like wire work right as well. Do you know what I mean? Go ham with it. Go full tilt. Go full tilt. Ah, Vegas. Embalming. Funerals. Social media. The Russians. Destabilizing our country. Gone through a myriad of uh, topics today. Let's talk a bit more positive. Like, uh, po uh, personally. I'm scared. Terrified of a relationship. Just throwing that out there. Been seeing a girl. I'm doing my thing. 
I'm exploring the world. I'm not, you know, committing myself to anything in a final manner. But I'm definitely reaching a point where, you know, I'm liking someone and spending time with them. And I realized I am terrified of not being single anymore. Not because I'm terrified of a relationship, because I've done relationships. Yeah, most of them kind of sucked. A few of them were all right. But I'm terrified of not being single, I think. My house right now is incredibly tidy. <laughs> like, like OCD, serial killer tidy. My shit smells good. My, not my, my literal shit, my stuff, my belongings, my bedding, my clothes, my shoes are in the right place. My programs run right. My bills get paid on time. When I cook, I cook the meals I want. When I drink, I drink the drinks I want. When I want to go away somewhere, I go where I want. When I meet a beautiful, sexy person, I can connect with them on the way that I want to connect with them. These are all things that I can do. Now I'm being heckled by a fucking Mexican vegetable van. Can you hear that? Jesus Christ, I swear to God. I swear to God. My point is, being single means I can do whatever the fuck I want without having to worry about what anyone else wants. And I've been trying to worry about what someone else wants lately. I've been trying to give them all the openness that they can have. And that's not enough for them. And I've realized, oh, oh my goodness. I think I've been single for too long. It's been like what? It's been four, almost five, maybe five years. I've been single for about five years. As an adult male in his 30s, doing fun shit, seeing the world, working, having crazy experiences and adventures. And uh, it's all right. It's doing well. I got fucking good food in my belly. I got some money in the bank. I got like a fucking house that I love and I like the way it's set up. Do I want to change that? Do I want to clean up extra hair out of a plug hole? No. Do I want to go out to an expensive restaurant when I was planning on eating a meal that's delicious for free at my house? No. Do I want to watch that fucking chick flick that I already know is going to be dog shit because someone else wants to watch it? No. I don't want to do any of that shit. I want companionship, but I don't want... To give up shit that I've already, by 34, decided is against my taste or my, my beliefs. Does that make sense? It's so hard to start dating someone again in your 30s. I think by, by 30 onwards, you've decided what you do and don't like. You decided attitudes you can and can't put up with. You've worked out, especially once you've had a few bad relationships. You've worked out what you will and won't put up with. And that's quite hard. For a person to accept. And I understand that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm in the right here. I'm just saying that's where I'm at. And that's pretty fucking scary to, to realize. I don't know what I have to do. Jesus. I'm going to start. I'm going to have to start doing things I don't want to fucking do. Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I'm going to have to change the way that I viewed the world. And now don't get me wrong. My life. I want to be 97 years old. 99 years old. 150 years old with the way modern science is going. 
I want to be old as fuck and constantly updating my outlook on the world, my beliefs, my opinions, changing and, you know, uh, growing and expanding and not becoming a belligerent, you know, um, incredibly uh, subjective arsehole is definitely, I want I want to continue the expansion. I want to continue looking at the world objectively and trying to see other people's points of view. But I also know I don't want to be around someone who's fucking messy. There's a simple thing. <laughs> and, it, and like, some people are messy. Doesn't mean they're not a good person. Here's the deal. I saw a really funny thing the other day that made me chuckle. Some girl posted a tweet. I don't know if it was hers or someone else's. These days, you don't even know whose jokes they are. And it basically said, it said, uh, it said, um, I've probably already met the man of my dreams. And told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> and I like that. I like that. I think there's a funnier joke in there. Which is. You know. Effectively. I've already met the love of my life. They just didn't love. The way I see life enough. Does that make sense? Like I probably have met. At least. Four to ten women. In my life who would be incredible girlfriends, wives, mothers, lovers, companions. But you know what? They didn't take their shoes off when they came to my apartment and they got mud everywhere. Or, you know, they, 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 they made a sort of slightly outlandish comment about someone and I know there was an underlying an underlying upbringing of racism there that made me go, Ugh. you know what I mean? Or, you know, they think that Justin Bieber is an inspiration. Whatever it happens to be that is intrinsically against the way that I see the world. And it's that little thing that makes me go, nah, fuck it. Nah, if you can't see what I'm seeing here, that does not work for me. And that's because I'm 34. If I was 22, I'd be like, okay, well, I mean, maybe, yeah, that could be a thing. Or, oh, sure, I know, sometimes I forget to take my shoes off too, and that's just a fact. Oh, hey, listen, that's okay. Uh, brown people can be scary. <laughs> if I said any of those fucking things, it, I would have to be a child to say those things. I would have to be a child to, like, be on board with any of that shit. As an adult man, I'm like, no, no, no. Clean your own hair out of the plug hole, for fuck's sake. You know? Hey, guess what? I really like my shampoo bottle being in that position. You're in my house. Put it back where you found it, for fuck's sake. Maybe I've just got to accept that I'm OCD. <laughs> I'm OCD. I'm, I see the world in a broken manner. I think the rea reality is, here's what I've realized, actually. What I'm going to have to do, I think, is just continue on the path I'm on with my career. Get to a point where I am so wealthy and successful that I can literally just find myself an incredibly beautiful, attractive, intelligent woman who sure has her own opinions on the world, but is so enamored with dating Jeff Leach, successful actor, TV star, and comedian, and loves the life that I give her, that when I say, hey, yo, we're going to have this beautiful house, and guess what? Like, if there's shit anywhere, you clean your own shit up. You just clean your shit up. 
That's the rule of this fucking beautiful two, three million dollar home. You clean your own shit up. There's the laundry basket. If I come in and there's clothes everywhere on the fucking floor and the bed, then I'm burning those clothes. <laughs> I bought those clothes. I bought that very expensive dress that you left on the fucking back of the door handle in a bathroom along with the leg hairs you shaved off and left in the bath uh, and in a scum ring around the bath. Guess what? I'm using that dress to wipe away those leg hairs and then I'm burning it. And I'm going to Instagram it. <laughs> I'm going to crack open a bottle of whiskey. I'm going to pour myself a large whiskey and I'm going to stand like a lunatic, like a millionaire lunatic in my, in my, in my 70 acre garden. I'm going to, I don't even know if that's a big amount of acres. I don't know. I don't see, this is how poor I am. I'm going to stand there in my 0.3 acre garden. I could still be big. I don't know. I don't know what's standard. And I'm going to hold my whiskey aloft. My incredibly expensive whiskey. Oh, yeah. This, is, this stuff is 20000 a bottle. And I'm going to sip it. And I'm going to fucking burn the dress. <laughs> and when you come home and go, why did you burn? I go, hey, because you have an incredible fucking life because of the hard work and successes of my life. For about 35 years of it, I worked my ass off. I had incredible, incredible highs and lows and some really, you know, emotionally draining fucking episodes so we could be here in this two, three million dollar home standing in this 70 million dollar acre garden with waterfalls and unicorns. And you couldn't do the simplest shit that I want you to do, which is keep the fucking house tidy clean up after yourself just clean up after yourself that's what i ask clean up your own shit i'll take care of mine you take care of yours if you can't do that i'm burning the dress and that's why i need to be i need to just wait until i'm that wealthy because then people will just do what you want them to do isn't it funny it's such a sad way to have to have that realization but i think by being single and so relentlessly focused on what I need to do to power forward, I've realized that gives me very little patience when I think people are acting in, in a way that makes, makes me feel like they're being hip hypocritical or insensitive or uh, completely and utterly uh, uh, embracing some kind of duality in their behavior, you know? Well, this is the rules for me, but the rules for you are different. Fuck that shit. So um, if anyone wants to uh, give me any advice on Bitcoin mining, <laughs> like, I'm ready to get started. I'm ready to make the money. Or alternatively, if you're listening to this going, I mean, this is a chuckle a minute. I need to put this guy in his first blockbuster Hollywood movie. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for that role. Because I need money. Otherwise, I'm going to die alone. And that's the way it's going to be. Ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Savage Snowflake podcast. Remember to check out all the other episodes. Make sure to give them hearts and likes and reviews of five-star glorification on iTunes and SoundCloud and any podcast app you're using. Please tell your friends about it. The only way this podcast will grow is because of you, the listener. If you tell your friends, if you share it on social media, if you put it on your Facebook, if you send it to your fucking brother, your sister, your best friend, your work colleagues, if you tell them that it's funny, interesting, insightful... And 
and it makes you feel a little bit like you're not as alone in the world because there's someone else who's willing to be as open and honest about all of the broken intricacies of their mind and also hopefully bring some of us back together in the middle politically, emotionally, morally and ethically that whilst we just want to enjoy being able to laugh at the world, we also need to start treating each other with a little bit more fucking respect and honesty and equality. If that's where you're at, I God bless each and every one of you, whatever God you believe in. If you don't believe in a God, jar bless because, you know, 420 and all that business. It's California. Let's smoke some weed. Let's get high. Let's fuck. All right. I love you. I'll see you next time. Peace.